And happy 4th of July to all of you. It's a wonderful day to celebrate our independence as a nation. And it's always good, at least, that we begin uh, our festivities in church. Obviously, today's a Sunday, so we sort of have to. Um, But it's always good, I think, to thank God for the benefits and graces that he's bestowed on our country and on us as a people. Uh, And for that, we do give thanks. Uh, Everyone's got their own family traditions for the 4th of July. I'll be at a family party over in Illinois later on today, and, and there's normally a pretty predictable sequence of events that happens for me every year on the 4th of July. I'll, I'll walk into the party, I'll go down to the basement where the party's kind of at, and I'll walk by the dessert table, and I'll kind of walk by it, and the, something will catch my eye, and it's normally the apple pie. And I'll look at that apple pie, and I'll like, ooh, that, that looks really, really good. But an internal voice will tell me, John, that apple pie looks really good, but remember, apple pie is your weakness. Do not touch the apple pie. It will end up very badly for you. You'll end up in a food coma later on in the evening. It's not going to be good. And so I'll resist at least initially. And then we're having dinner and then we'll have dessert. And I'll see someone else with the apple pie just like, oh, this apple pie is so good. And I'll think to myself, John, you know this apple pie is your weakness. Do not go for the apple pie. But unfortunately, by the end of the night, I will give in and have at least one slice of apple pie. I will. It is inevitable. At some point later today, I will have a slice of apple pie, even though it is one of my many weaknesses when it comes uh, to food. And some of you might have that one particular thing that you're really attracted to in food-wise, especially today. It might be grandma's potato salad. It might be a very specific dessert. Uh, And on a day like today, we can be very familiar with our weaknesses, especially uh, when they are of the edible variety. But we also hear a lot about weaknesses in our second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Where Paul tells us today, I boast gladly of my weaknesses. Which seems a little odd because often weaknesses are not necessarily the things that we might boast about. We would think we'd more likely be ashamed of them as opposed to boasting about them. And while it can be cute to think of our weaknesses as things like apple pie or a dessert, we also know that many of our weaknesses that we experience are far more profound, far more difficult, and far more distressing to us. So how should we approach our weaknesses? Should we be ashamed of them? Should we rejoice in them? Or is it maybe a combination of both? We first have to acknowledge that our weaknesses are very, very real. And they're often quite present to our consciousness. Each of us has our own weaknesses, the sins that we come back to time and time again. We know them very well. There are sinful habits that we often bring to the confessional every time that we go to that sacrament. And they're often the parts of our lives where we find that we are most frustrated. We know what our weaknesses are. uh, We know what we ought to do. And we see the disparity between those two things. Weakness is often, I think, synonymous with failure for us. The areas where we fall short of the Christian ideal that is given to us by Jesus. And so we can often experience dejection and defeat when we experience our weaknesses. But if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, we can actually be consumed by despair when it comes to our weaknesses. This can especially happen in the areas of our lives where we sin the most. A great example of this in Scripture is Judas and and Peter as well. Both of these men sinned, 
in the run-up to our Lord's passion and death. Both of them experienced weakness, but Judas further succumbed to despair over his weakness. He thought, Lord, how am I ever going to escape from this? I can never grow. I can, I can never be any better. And so he succumbed to that despair. Peter, thankfully, did not. And St. Paul, writing today, is a very similar man to St. Peter. He knew full well of his failings, but desired to be freed from them. And therefore, he sought every opportunity he could to grow in holiness so that he might overcome his weakness. Paul eventually came to realize that the weaknesses we have are presented to us so that we learn that we cannot achieve goodness and salvation on our own. It is only through the power and the grace of Christ that we have the capability of overcoming our weaknesses. So that's why Paul uh, further said in this scripture, I rejoice gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul knows that if we are to truly overcome our weaknesses and failings, we must do it with Christ or else we will fall flat on our face. And anyone who's ever even gone through like a 12-step program knows exactly what this is. That first step, calling out the problem, admitting the problem. The second, acknowledging that there is a power greater than ourselves that can help restore us to sanity. And that third step, turning our will and our lives over to God. That is exactly what St. Paul wants us to do with our weaknesses. And that, brothers and sisters, is why St. Paul is rejoicing. Because every weakness that he has is actually an opportunity for him to more and more turn his life over to God. And that is something to rejoice over, brothers and sisters. It's a chance for us to let God into our hearts and let him love us. And we often think, again, of our weaknesses as the parts of our lives where we're most ashamed but God looks at our weaknesses and says, that's the area where I need to be the most. That's the place where I can love you the most. The place where I can do my best work. God's power can do dramatically more for us in our areas of weakness than it can in other parts of our lives. And so that's why Paul says, I am content with weakness, with mistreatment for the sake of Christ. For it is when I am powerless that I am truly strong. And that's so true. We are most spiritually strong and spiritually mature when we let Christ love us in our weaknesses and accept his healing. But I think an important caveat needs to be made in our study or our look at weaknesses today because while God loves us in our weakness, God loves us too much to let us stay the way that we are. God does not want us to remain in our weaknesses. He loves us so that hopefully we might eventually persevere through them and not stay mired in them. So we shouldn't rejoice in our weaknesses to the point that we disregard their negative effects. And we shouldn't pride ourselves in our weaknesses, mistaking our weaknesses as simply, well, that's just how God made me. No, when Jesus forgives people of their sins and cures them, he tells them, go and sin no more. And that's sort of what God did with St. Paul. In St. Paul's conversion, he was essentially told, go and sin no more. Not just go back to what you were doing. Go and sin no more. 
And so Paul sought each and every day to let the power of Christ dwell in him so that he might be freed of his weakness and frailty. So today, brothers and sisters, I want you to maybe, as this Mass continues, to think of a personal weakness you might have, whether it be a dessert or maybe even one of, your, one of our own sinful habits that we struggle with. And allow Jesus in this Mass to love you in that weakness, but also rejoice that we have a God who can love us even in our human frailty. But let us also accept the love of Jesus, for he loves us too much to let us stay the way we are, so that we might, saint, like St. Saint Paul, might let God transform us frail, fallen creatures into the saints he is calling us to be.